2: Here's Frank Scott and Chris
1: welcome into part two of our head to head points live mock draft that we are doing We are in round 11 and where we left off the Welsh took Willie Adamas and John Carlos Stanton And then we saw Felix Bautista. So again, those elite closers starting to go we have At least at most 12 seconds left and then Scotty is back on the clock I know Scott just took hunter green. He's got four starting pitchers there goes Gleyber Torres. My second baseman is going to be uh, Chris Welsh playing for me this year. So that's going to be great. Um, and Scott, you are on the clock and you're studying.
0: He's in deep thought. Look at that focus. Yeah, because one of the three players I was talking about two rounds ago is still there. You got to take him. I, what are you doing? I mean, you said you had to have this player, Scott. You well, said he was in my thought I've reconsidered. Let's bully Scott into
1: taking this pick. Yeah. No, no, what are you doing? no,
0: no. <laughs> I think I'm gonna take O'Neill Cruz because it's like oh. I got a shortstop already. I got Xander Bogarts, but it's not like it's not like any position is so deep that I obviously have to keep utility spot open for that. And and O'Neill Cruz clearly the upside play among the hitter ranks. I mean, yeah, he's gonna strike out a lot, but if he if he hits for the kind of power with the kind of speed that we think he's capable of, and that we all would draft him in like round six of a roto league to to get. If not higher, um, then strikeout rate's not really going to matter. I mean, he's still going to be a must-start, studly player in this format. So I'm doing it, O'Neill Cruz, and they're, uh, com-
2: they're, they're coming to get Scott. They were coming yeah. to get Scott for taking <laughs> O'Neill Cruz in points. I want everyone to yeah. know that 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 happened. You took O'Neill Cruz. Cops, get him. We found R.J. Them. White. There probably
0: sent him after me because he has a shortstop spot open still. <laughs>
2: it's like What are oh, you doing? Man. You know, you know, Scott was in
1: deep thought. He was scouting the rest of the league to see, all right, who who needs a shortstop? Can I afford to take O'Neal Cruz here? You know, I I blame the Welsh because he he name dropped on O'Neal Cruz. And as a result, Scotty gets the big upside here in round eleven. Next oh, two man. picks after that, Christian Yelich and Freddie Peralta. We haven't talked much about Freddie Peralta this offseason. I think the skills are still really good. But I really worry about the shoulder injury. It's been recurring now for him. He dealt with it a lot last year. It's something he dealt with years before that as well. So just kind of years of dealing with this over and over again. I think on a per inning basis, Freddy Peralta could still be really good. You know, a top 25, top 30 pitcher on a per inning basis. But just yeah. kind of worry about how I, much he's going to be on the mound.
0: I was thinking about Freddy Peralta Because, of course, we all remember the year he had two years ago. But then I just pulled up the game log and, oh my gosh, it was so gross. So many three and four inning starts that are just worthless in this format. And that doesn't mean it's going to happen exactly that same way again. But it's not like his inning issues were just because he missed time with injury. Like he was a glorified long reliever for most of last year.
1: All right, after Freddie Peralta, Grayson Rodriguez goes and Reese Hoskins. We had a report recently on Grayson Rodriguez as well. So I want to get your thoughts on that. But first, uh, Chris, you took Reese Hoskins. Believe you already have Christian Walker. So uh doubling down here on first base.
3: Yeah, that's my utility spot. And I was the clear best players remaining, unless I wanted to go fill in my last starting pitcher spot. The clear best players remaining were at first base or shortstop for me. So it was Hoskins over Tim Anderson. Uh, Both of them had down years last year. Neither of them impacts the ball particularly hard. So I do think there's a chance that they were both adversely affected by the debtor ball in a way that may stick. But I think there's a little more room for a Hoskins bounce back in this format.
1: All right. Well, I considered taking Nate Lowe, I don't know, three, four rounds ago, and <laughs> he's still here in round 11, so I don't have a first baseman. Need a little bit of help on offense. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, snag him up. I got some Nate Lowe, and, you know, Welsh kind of talked me into a relief pitcher early. I want to make sure I get at least one of these guys that I feel good about the job and the role. Uh, Kenley Jansen, I know every year we're waiting for him to fall off, but just continues to perform. Eh, you know Red Sox aren't gonna be great, but can we get 25 plus saves? I think so as long as Kenley Jansen is healthy this season So that is the 11-12 turn. I took uh, Nate Lowe and Kenley Jansen Welsh, I mentioned I want to ask you about this recent report That Mike Elias the GM of the Orioles said that Grayson Rodriguez will be in the opening day rotation for the Baltimore Orioles We just saw him go in round 11. That was probably around pick 125, 130 And uh, that's higher than we've been seeing him go. So I think we're going to start to see that kind of push up the draft board with a report that Grayson Rodriguez will be in the rotation.
2: I think a lot of these guys, I think a lot of these rookies we're going to start seeing Grayson's interesting. I am. Oh, man, I struggle with young pitching in their first year. But, you know, how much can they press him? I think 150 has got to be a cap. Maybe they'll tell us something different. You know, maybe they'll go higher, I think. It was like 107 the previous year. Last year was kind of a a mixture of a mess and everything like that. I just don't know how they would go too, too aggressive. So even if he's going to make the rotation, which they're saying would happen, I still don't know if I'm taking him at like 125. But, hey, you know, if you you might get three-fourths of a fantastic season. Hopefully they manage him properly. This is the type of guy you bet on. I'd rather Grayson than I would um, Andrew Painter, because Andrew Painter seems even less likely to be able to push if you're looking at those rookies.
1: After I took Kenley Jansen, Lucas Giolito, Ryan Helsley, Luis Garcia, the pitcher on the Astros. Chris took Andrew Vaughn, Lars Newbar uh, It's probably early for him, but man, if he hits his upside, great OBP, great walk rate. So there is a lot to like in this format. Uh, and then Anthony Rizzo goes here in round 12. Uh, Towers, Andrew Vaughn, finally back at his you know usual position. What he's used to, first base. That's you know what he played in college. That's what he played in the minor leagues. Uh, so I think you know it's it's anecdotal, but I, I think playing his primary position could maybe help him focus on the bat a little bit more moving forward.
3: Yeah, you would hope so. And and he does a lot of things really well already. You know he walked or struck out only like seventeen percent of the time last season. He hits the ball really hard. His average exit velocity was in the eightieth percentile, I believe. And so it's really just a case, as with a lot of guys, of just hitting the ball in the air a little more. He does most of the things you want already. So I think, you know, it's no guarantee that he makes that tweak and gets where he needs to be. But I like the chances of it, you know, when you're talking about this late in the draft.
1: All right. After Lars Newbar mentioned Anthony Rizzo, Jeremy Pena. So another shortstop off the board. Better in a categories league. Plate discipline isn't great for Jeremy Pena. And Scott, you are back up. What do we got?
0: Yeah, so Anthony Rizzo was the guy I've been, I'd kind of latched onto for the last several rounds, hoping to get, and he goes mm. two picks before I'm finally Same ready to he's. pull the trigger. Because um, Anthony Rizzo last year more, you know, he he hit only 220 something, but his strikeout rate is so low consistently. He had more head head points per game last year than Matt Olson. You know, he missed time with injury, but um, when Jose Abreu, Reese Hoskins, Christian Walker. Uh, just a really good fit for this especially since i don't think he's going to hit 220 again i think it's going to be helped by the the shift ban and get maybe closer to 240 or 250. um so i took cj Crone, and i actually do have two rockies hitters in my lineup now.
1: (laughs) scotty come on man i
0: i told you yeah um he was the last first baseman of a tier. If, if I didn't take him, then I'm looking at Rowdy Telez or Josh Bell. And maybe that would have been fine. I, I knew Welsh was coming up and he has a first base opening too. So that's part of the reason why I chose now to take CJ Crone. Yep. And we'll see if Welsh ends up taking a first base. Maybe he doesn't. I, I do want to say the thing I'm kicking myself over the most, and there are several things I'm kicking myself over, but the most is that Alejandro Kirk pick because how many rounds ago was that? And still, the Contreras brothers and Sean Murphy are there. Yeah, 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 no, no, no. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, No, 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 yeah. no, no, chill, no,
0: chill. no, Oh, I'm no, up. I'm no up. Name can, no name dropping. No name dropping. I still need a catcher. <laughs> it's important for breaking down the draft. It, it is. It, it absolutely is. is. I all oh, like in these one catcher leagues, I just have to resist the temptation to go for the catcher, whoever it is, because yeah, one there, there's just so many quality. Like if you believe in William Contreras, like there's he might last till the last four rounds of the draft, you know?
1: Scott, you're exactly right. And I know you regretted taking Real Muto in our recent Hedgehead Categories mock. It was a one-catcher league. And I think you know, MJ Melendez was still there in round 18. Uh, Welsh, I hopped on the In This League podcast recently. We did a one-catcher uh, mock draft as well. And uh, I took Wilson Contreras, And then I think, you know, five, six rounds later, Sean Murphy went, so I regretted it too. And, and that's why I'm just kind of waiting on catcher and I'll see whoever falls to me. With that being said, you just took Wilson Contreras. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, I've been staring at that for a while. Yeah. The first base thing is uh, it's been on my mind. You guys have covered a lot of it. I understand you can go. I just don't think there's a big separation. There's still a couple names. names. Uh, Wilson Contreras, William Contreras and Sean Murphy are kind of what's left. And Wilson Contreras is literally at the top of my board. I wanted Jeff Springs. I I was like, where is he on my queue? And he went and I didn't see yeah, that he like went around in this ago. last round. And I was super disappointed because that was going to be my pick. I am going to do um, what I said before, and I'm going to go with one more. I'm I'm actually having a little bit of regret on my Ryan Presley because of kind of like what you guys were talking about with the catcher. Like we went multiple rounds and things just hung out and, you know, Frank got whoever you got. You know, Kenley Jansen, like five rounds later. So that's a little egg on my face. But Clay Holmes is still out there. So I now have two closers on two dominant win teams, which I'm going to do this. That's going to be my strategy for closers um, and having a little bit of an advantage there. I got my starting catcher and I have a handful of pitchers that are not Jeffrey Springs now that I have to choose from. And hopefully there's a couple more first baseman. There's still some decent names, but it's going to fall off pretty quick here. But my roster is coming out pretty, pretty nice. Yeah,
1: Mm -hmm. and I think at this point, Welsh, if you don't have a first baseman, there's only one other team in the draft that doesn't have a first baseman either. Yeah, there's no one that really stands out above the rest. So you can pretty much just wait and, and see what happens. So uh,
2: outside of what like towers to his point and what's a good point is like we all have util spots and some of the higher projections are going to be at some of the first baseman, though there are still some quality outfielders. So funny how much we've talked about outfields, not deep outfields, not deep. It's not necessarily, but points definitely rises the pool of the outfielders, especially when you're doing a three outfield uh, setup like we've got here. It makes it a little bit better, but outfield and ut- and first base is probably what's going to fill most of these util spots coming up.
1: All right, so the end of round 12, the Welsh took Wilson Contreras, the start of round 13, Clay Holmes, and a first baseman goes Rowdy Telez, someone I've talked about that I like this year, lost 15 hits to the shift last season. If you give him those hits, it would have been right around a 250 batting average, big pop, 35 home runs. The only thing, in a weekly head-to-head league, he's not that consistent. So he's going to have weeks where he blows up. He's going to have weeks where he gives you a headache. So just keep that in mind with someone like Rowdy Uh Kodai Senga is the next pit, pick off the board in round 13. And Scott, you are back
0: up.
2: That was my pick. Ah. I was looking at him too, so there you go.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, well, I need to go really heavy after starting pitcher right now. Um so is he already gone? Did Pablo Lopez go? Did I miss that?
2: No. He,
1: he is I don't he's see him in the time. rankings, so he must be gone.
2: Oh, uh, I just saw him a little he's on the second page. Okay. Um, yeah, he
1: got he's gone. He went at pick oh, 129. yeah, he did.
0: Right. All right. Well, I'm running out of time, so I'm just going to take the top one on my in my rankings here, which is Lance McCullers.
1: Lance McCullers, who on a per-star basis he's good. He's just how healthy is he going to be? That's always the question for uh, Lance McCullers. Last season, the swinging strike rate was still good for uh, Lance McCullers. Lots of strikeouts, but also lots of walks, but on a good team. So that helps as well. After Lance McCullers, Ty France. So another first baseman off the board. I don't know, Welsh. <laughs> Maybe you should have taken a first baseman.
2: Well, uh, rowdy oh, goes. There goes Jake McCarthy. Great.
1: Uh-oh. Thanks, guys. Jake Cronenworth I gotta- is gone. <laughs> Uh, Jose Barrios we spoke about on yesterday's podcast. What's the likelihood of Barrios bouncing back? He he was always a head-to-head point standout gives you lots of innings uh, quality starts usually so Maybe not the best stuff, but he usually does give you a lot of volume and that definitely helps in this format Uh, Chris towers is back on the clock in round 13. Let's take a look at that team. See what we got Chris
3: Yeah, I've got the Holes right now in the starting lineup are two relief pitcher spots, starting pitcher and third base, third base. Yuck. (laughs) So I'm just going to pass right on by that. I'm thinking about a relief pitcher. I don't love the options here, but I'm going to go with one of the few guys who still has, I think, a very good chance to be his team's primary closer. I would probably rather have a better pitcher in a roto league, but Daniel Bard, uh, who was very good last season, um, saves matter a lot more than the quality of the pitcher in this format. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, that look Daniel Bard, unquestionably their closer. They signed them to an extension last year So he's gonna be the guy as long as he's serviceable, which he was last year the year before he wasn't you know That's kind of the nature of being a reliever especially being a reliever in Coors Field. Uh, there's a few other you know, Should be closers for their respective teams. Let's see when yeah. those guys go as well uh, And there goes one of them Camilo Duvall uh, in round 13 two picks later and uh, yeah, there's only one left by my estimation uh, a couple other picks, Matt Chapman. So, you know, Chris, if that was your third base target, I'm sorry because I wasn't be getting him. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm on the clock. What do you know? All right, so Anthony Santander goes. Here we are, round 13 and 14. Uh, I think it's about time to. Uh, I've been playing catcher chicken here. Uh, hopefully, I don't regret it. And these guys just, you know, last until the end of the draft. That would suck. But uh, MJ Melendez is my top ranked catcher. Oh, that might okay. surprise some people yeah I really like MJ Melendez. Uh, last year he lost a lot of hits to the shift as well. he had a very low Babbit against the shift. he's a uh, a switch hitter. Um, actually he's a lefty. I just made that up. He's a lefty. he was really good against lefties last year and I think the rules are going to help him also. When you look at plate appearances, I think that he's going to play in the outfield some for the Royals as well. So the combination of those catchers, plate appearances, outfield, DH, I think he's going to play more than the average catcher. So I do like that for MJ Melendez. Did
2: we? What is Oh, Go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say, he did say in an interview just like a week ago, Melendez did, that he spent the entire offseason working on agility drills. And. Planning to play the outfields. This is a leadoff hitter that is going to be one of the primary outfielders on that team. So even more reason to like him. He's just very low on CBS's projected points.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't I, I definitely I've talked about Contreras and Murphy. I prefer both of them to Melendez. Like Melendez has to get better to measure up to them unless there's a big playing time disparity. I don't think there will be. I talked about how you know Sean Murphy. I think is going to play close to every day. I think William Contreras is going to too, because like how many good bats do the Brewers have in their lineup? He's probably going to DH a lot when he's not catching. Is he though?
1: Um, because they have Jesse Winker, they have Rowdy Telez. Winker, should, I think so. Winker I mean, should not play the outfield. I could the be wrong.
0: Winker You're right not that Winker's a bad outfielder, outfielder yeah. and so maybe maybe they're just willing to lose the bat sometimes for the sake of defense. Maybe. Yeah, um, But it could be that, you know, Winker sits against all left-handers and, and Contreras is the DH against left-handers and starts the catcher against righties. I I don't exactly know. But what I'm saying is playing time, like, at, at probably as much as in the history of fantasy baseball, playing time disparities at catcher are less than ever because with the widespread use of the DH, a lot of NL teams and, and some AL teams too, including the Royals, have taken to... Uh, Just shifting their good hitting catcher over to DH when he needs a day off, Uh, so that's that's less of a concern than it used to be. I feel
3: the thing for me with Melendez is just what the hell happened. Like he was so dominant in 2021, and then he was awful at AAA last season. It was only 21 games, but 581 OPS, and then 706 in the majors. That's not bad for a 23 year old, but. It's not great. It was, certainly wasn't the the kind of impact bat that we were hoping for. And so, you know, you look at his whole minor league career, and you've got 790, 814, 571 OPS in 2019. You have the year off in 2020. Comes out, has this massive 2021. And then he, you know, doesn't exactly fall on his face overall, but definitely isn't as good as we hoped he would be last season between two different levels. So it's you know, you look at the overall track record and the, the 2021 really stands out and how repeatable is that? That's the big question here.
1: Yeah. Look, I think it's an upside play for me. I think Sean Murphy and William Contreras are potentially safer options, but uh, given the prospect pedigree with MJ Melendez, uh, I hear you, Scott, about the, the, um, National League and the DH being there and, and helping out catchers. I don't think Sean Murphy is going to DH very much for the Braves. And, uh, I don't think that William Contreras is going to DH much easier either. So I worry about those two things. What's going on? Oh,
0: <laughs> oh I, I think I accidentally because <laughs> I heard you are on deck, and so I went and <laughs> made the pick. Oh, uh, oh, and speak um, of the devil, that whole time. There you go. William yeah, Contreras is. is
2: in the pick, which Wait, I so, what, so what were you said. saying?
0: You don't think who's going to play much DH? I don't think Sean Murphy is going to DH very
1: much because they have Travis Darno. So I think they're going to kind of. I don't know. He's going to DH and then be their second catcher. They still have Marcelo. Right, Rizzuto. but
0: why want why not Sean Murphy DH when he's not catching? Not every day, but like a lot of the time.
1: Well, Chris,
3: is I, I guess it
0: kind of <laughs> depends on how Marcel Azuna's season is like, going. Look, right? it's it's a busy street down there. What I'm can like, I say?
1: Are the cops inside of the room <laughs> with you? Like, what is every time he unmutes his mic? It's like, I feel like we're in like a bad boys music video or something like that. There's going to be a whole <laughs> other
2: live stream that we're going to be starting to yeah. do here in just a minute. All right. Minute. Well,
1: I bogged down too long talking about MJ Melendez.
2: <laughs> uh, whatever. I like him. Everyone else doesn't really like him as much. Um, I do. I do. I'm with you, actually. I, I uh, Wim Contreras is one of those guys. I, are you talking about Wim Contreras or Sean Murray?
1: Right. I was talking about MJ Melendez.
0: But MJ Melendez,
1: <laughs> I like him
2: too. Let's the, move the on from the catchers. Gone. They're all gone now. Let's move on yeah, from
1: the catchers <laughs> and catch people up. There was a lot of picks. I took Jorge Polanco finally as my second baseman, my starting second baseman. I think there's a lot of bounce back potential. He was awesome two years ago. I don't know that he'll be that good, but I expect him to be a lot better than last year. Pete Fairbanks went, Cattell Marte, Sean Murphy. Uh, Chris took Tyler Anderson. Then we've got Miles Michaelis. Patrick Sandoval, so lots of pitchers starting to go. William Contreras, finally. Scott took Jack Flaherty. The, fun, the funniness with that is that Scott thought he was on the clock. He selected Jack Flaherty, but because he's the commissioner, he actually picked him for someone else, so that's actually yeah. pretty hilarious. Uh, and then Nick Castellanos and Jose Urquidy. <sighs> lots of picks. Scott, talk to me about Jack Flaherty.
0: Well, like we talked about... I don't remember when, but recently. (laughs) Like, nobody (laughs) wants him anymore, so I guess I'm going to be the one who wants him. Like, I was ready to move on as well. Um, But it's just like he's this total afterthought now. And, you know, at the end of last season, he looked healthy. He had that horrible stint in June when he came back too early and the velocity was down. But then when he came back for good at the end of the year, the velocity was fine. The starts were pretty good overall. And uh, I think round 14... Is a fine time to, you know, to 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 take him and hope for the best. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm planning to hit hit pitching pretty hard here for basically the rest of the draft. I still have an outfield spot open. I still have both my relief pitcher spots open, but I I don't care about that at all. Like I've <sighs> However, many dozens of head-to-head points, at least twelve-team or fewer head-to-head points leagues I've played in over the years, I've never once had an issue where I couldn't fill my relief pitcher spots. It just like that—that's a format where it's pretty easy to find those guys on the waiver wire over the course of the season. Still, Uh, so I like they might be my last two picks. All right. yeah, I'm planning to hit starting pitcher pretty hard here for the next several rounds.
1: After Scott took Jack Flaherty, Nick Castellanos, Jose Arquidi, and Welsh, you double tap first base. Josh Bell and Ryan Mountcastle.
2: I'm very, uh, I'm very happy with what was left, uh, what I could do here. Josh Bell obviously struggled when he got moved over, but you know this is a non-big strikeout guy at first base, which you're gonna like. This is a guy that's had a at least the last two years had a sub 20 percent K rate. Um, batting average bat X actually has it uh, right around where he was last year hopefully I get more homers hopefully there's more RBI opportunities especially hitting in the middle of that uh, Guardians lineup that's also going to be aggressive at the top so i like a bounce back for him and the double digit walk rate Ryan Mountcastle doesn't play as well in this format. Uh, had I believe it was the highest expected home run total taken away from him. Obviously, that has to do with the dimension change, but also there's a lot of good hard hit numbers under him, and I think there was a lot of bad luck that was placed in that as well. So there's not, maybe not much you can do if you're going to have a total suppression. I believe – Three of the top 10 expected home run losses came from Orioles this past year. Trey Mancini, before he got traded, Anthony Santander, and Ryan Mountcastle. So there's kind of a trend you can see. Obviously, the dimensions hurt, but I think Mountcastle's got more power to boot. Uh, Bad x is projecting him for more power in even less games and a little bit of better batting average. So, hey, I missed the position, but I filled my UTIL, and I got Josh Bell. Josh Bell and Ryan Mountcastle for UTIL in first. I, uh, I could have done a lot worse because now it's bad. I mean, there's one or two guys. Uh, Brandon Drury went after me. That's what tells you where we're at. The-
0: I think Josh Bell is perfectly fine in this format. I wish I wish I had passed up CJ Krohn, you know, if I knew Josh Bell was going to be there. How many rounds later? Yeah, a lot. Because, like, mm, you know, I put a bigger gap between them and 5 by 5 scoring. Yeah, three rounds later. Three rounds later, you get Josh Bell. So, like, I feel like your draft... Chris, Chris Welsh, um, nope. you've like been able to maximize value with a lot of positions, with second base, with Albies in round four, Bregman at third base, Josh Bell now, uh, Wilson Contreras when you got him. Like That is how you win. I've tried to do that. It hasn't worked <laughs> yeah. well for me. I'm, I've, I've kept falling a pick or two short of getting the guy in the ideal spot. But
2: And I appreciate the compliment. One of the things... To point out, I think that's pretty apparent, especially in this format, is these wheels and how important these wheels are going to be. Someone said it in the chat uh, before we even started up the show that they thought that Frank or I was going to win this. If there's a winning a mock draft, you know, the mock draft champion. It's just because of the advantage we kind of get of maybe not even falling into things falling to us. We can start trends. And um, yeah, I I think the obviously knowing what you're doing in points leagues and having a strategy coming in is most important. But the wheels help. The wheels have definitely helped and I've benefited from some things happening my way. That's interesting that you say that because I always
0: felt like for the way I draft, which is try, you know, according to tiers, trying to get uh, trying to jump on a position before the drop off, which I feel like you've done a better job at in this one than I have. Like, I feel like it helps to pick in the middle where there's less time in between picks because when you're picking on the ends, the wheels, as you call them. Like there's so much time in between that pair of picks that it's true. you kind of don't, you
2: don't know, you have to anticipate
0: and you often anticipate wrong, or at least I do.
2: You, well, you also haven't. the only other thing to add in, cause we had Frank's picks. I know he wants to break those down is like, you know, this world, the points world is, is a little bit different than a lot of the consumer stuff that's been out here. Not that you guys have talked about, but just in general that, you know, finding values and stuff to what people know, like, oh my God, Bobby Witts in the third or fourth, what's going on? O'Neill Cruz past 100. Like things are working out and falling a little bit easier in this as people are trying to catch up on what we need to do.
1: All right. Well, let's catch people up on what we did in this draft. After you took Ryan Mountcastle, Brandon Drury, Jonathan India, Merrill Kelly went to Scott sticking to his word. He wants some starting pitchers, Edward Cabrera, Anthony Rendon, Garrett Whitlock is someone who does have RP eligibility and I believe he's going to start in the Red Sox rotation. That's mm-hmm. the plan as of now. Uh, Chris Towers took Tyler O'Neill, And then Jake McCarthy, John Gray, Alex Cobb. And then at the 15-16 turn, I took Taylor Ward as my utility bat. Someone I've talked up uh, as a sleeper. Someone I think is undervalued. His ADP is usually around 125, 130. I just got him around 180, so definitely going to take the value there on T- uh, Taylor Ward, and then I took David Bednar. He was the last one that I felt confident was his team's closer for the Pirates. You know they're not going to win that many games, but uh, when they do win, it's likely going to be a save opportunity for David Bednar. After that, Brandon Lau, Mitch Haniger, Vaughn Grissom, and Chris, you took a. I don't, does does Trevor Rogers qualify as a stallion? I don't know. Oh yeah,
3: he he's a stallion. I think he was part of the no the original Stallions group was uh Oh that was, was that's before, uh, was before I was before I was he's a Stallion. You know, he he got, you know, a little wild last season, but I think there we, we all like the bounce back potential. I'm actually re-watching uh Silicon Valley and I got to the stallions episode this week. That was a nice uh a nice little trip down memory lane for me.
1: After Trevor Rogers, a very fun pick and now, shout out to Tim Canick. he does a lot of these mock drafts with us, and he's always all over the prospects and the fun players. And Miguel Vargas—it goes in round 16 here, and we had a report recently that Vargas is likely to open as the Dodgers' starting second baseman. I don't really care where he plays, as long as he plays. And uh, Scott, did you just get auto drafted?
0: Yeah, on purpose. It was oh, Todd McHugh.
1: Okay, cool. Uh, I didn't know if that was supposed to happen or not. But uh, Miguel Vargas should make a lot of contact, hit for batting average. And if he's playing, uh, he should be pretty good. So I I like it at this point. Pick 186. Hunter Renfro, Nathan Avaldi, and Scott goes ahead and takes Martin Perez. Uh, So back-to-back picks Merrill Kelly and Martin Perez, two of the pitchers that I told people on yesterday's podcast that you should not be drafting this season, Scott. How (laughs) how do you feel?
0: (laughs) I mean, I'm drafting them at pick 189 and... True. Whatever Merrill Kelly was, 172 in a league where we go deeper into the, the pitcher pool than, than most um, because of the scoring format. So, you know, they, they seem no risk at this point and they were big producers last year. So, I and, and like in a way that traditionally we'd look at the strikeout rates and be like, eh, this seems like kind of a fluke. But I just don't know the world is changing the world of baseball is changing and I, I don't know that this kind of pitcher the 8k per 9 pitcher is one that just that can't work though like it like we presumed during the juice ball era like it's easier to get outs on contact than it was before uh, so i'm not ruling out them having strong follow up seasons to the unexpected greatness of last year
1: All right. After Martin Perez, Tyler Stevenson, Eugenio Suarez and Welsh, you took a starting pitcher, someone I know you like quite a bit this year.
2: I do. Yeah, I took Andrew Heaney, who um, the injuries don't work in the favor. And i loosely say like, you know, it's like a DeGrom type of light. He's obviously not, but, you know, he doesn't play games like him and he has a higher points per game like him, which is uh, works in favor. Uh, Yeah, I love the high K per nine stuff. I love the opportunity at wins here. It's a good defense offense surrounding him, so I'm with that. And I was going to take another pitcher. I don't like any of them. One of the hitters I still love, I'm getting a little bit of flexibility I'm going to put on my bench, though I probably would stack more pitchers on the bench, Jose Miranda. Jose Miranda does not strike out, makes fantastic contact, 20-plus home run hitter, going to hit higher in this lineup, most likely, with Minnesota, and he qualifies at first and third and third base kind of stinks. So having this type of versatility on my team with Alex Bregman, who's banged up a little bit, though I want more pitchers on my bench, he is like the prime example of a type of guy that I want to have as a reserve here, especially in this format, because his skill set works better even in points.
1: All right, that is the beginning of round 17, and actor Jose Miranda, we saw Aaron Ashby and Alexis Diaz. I clicked on Ashby's name here just to see if he was relief pitcher eligible, but he is not so, all right. Just, you know, <laughs> one guy I thought was a spark, but, but isn't, unfortunately. Uh, Scott, you're back up. Are we uh, going with another pitcher? I think so.
0: It might be the last one I take. I'm weighing a couple other options, but... Um... <sighs> We're kind of running like there's there's one pitcher left. I have him as a breakout this year, uh, one that I can actually get excited about. And it's my second to last bench spot. So, yeah, I'm going to say this is my last starting pitcher I'll take. And it's uh, Reed Detmers.
1: I like Reed Detmers. And I thought about taking him too, Scott. The one hesitation I had was six man rotation for the Angels. So you're never going to get two start weeks. And that matters in this format. So that's the only reason why I didn't
0: take him. Yeah, fair point. Uh, But it's so late that
1: if he's just if he breaks out the way that we think he could, then he's just going to be really good whenever he makes that one start anyway. So uh, it doesn't really matter around pick 200. After Reed Detmers, Luis Rise now with the Marlins, J.D. Martinez now with the Dodgers. Tristan Casas, which is a a fun pick. Good plate discipline should walk a lot, which helps in this format. And Chris Towers is back on the clock. Chris, do you have a third baseman yet? What are we doing here?
3: I do not have a third baseman yet. Uh-huh. I've got a couple in my queue that I will probably take, but I am going to go with a guy who I think is being overlooked, and we haven't really talked about him at all, but I think Tyler Malley getting away from Cincinnati. He's been a a I mean a three seven one ERA guy on the road compared to what is it five at home. That's you know, pitching in great American ballpark. I think the, you know, we barely got to see him pitch for the Twins, but I think the move there could be very good. Remember, he was a, a pretty trendy pick a year ago. So I think uh, li- this late, Tyler Miley is someone I like having on my bench.
1: Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. I think Malley's an interesting pitcher, too. Uh, the only thing I worry about is the health. Where are we sure, at? Yeah, I know he yeah. dealt, uh, what, was it a shoulder or an elbow last year? Shoulder, yeah. Yeah. Whatever it was, it was significant. So It's something I worry about. We'll have to follow the velocity and spring training to see where Tyler Malley is at. But he could be a steal if he's healthy, so I, I, I do like that call. After Tyler Malley, Masataka Yoshida, another player who should excel in head-to-head points leagues. Leading off for the Red Sox, should get a ton of plate appearances. Did not strike out in Japan. He was actually uh, compared to Luisa Rise in terms of you know, how little he struck out. So definitely something that should play up well in this format. Uh, and two more players you know similar to that, Jeff McNeil and DJ LeMahieu. LeMahieu was really good last year until he suffered that toe injury. So That was one of the third basemen I was hoping to take. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right, I am on the clock. So all right, got to stop uh, yapping here and figure out what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to take some pitchers as well. Typically in a head-to-head points league, I'll load up all five of my reserves on just starting pitchers and just hope I hit on you know one, two, three of them. That would be awesome. Uh, But yeah, why not take a shot and see what happens? So we are in round 17. It's really late. I know he's got the shoulder, Frankie Montas, but I already have my five starters. I'll throw them in an IL spot to start the year. And... If he returns to form, I I could have a a top 30, a top 40 type starting pitcher. So Mm -hmm. you've got to wait till May. But I think it's late enough uh, where you can take that risk. And a few other names that I'm looking at here.
2: Ooh, some guys that I like. Wolf. Yeah. You tell me who are you looking at? Oh Well, I can't tell you that. I'm just going to look at anymore. Go ahead and take Thor. <laughs> Noah Syndergaard.
1: Who we spoke about on yesterday's <laughs> podcast, uh, working with driveline this off season, trying to get the velo up now with the Dodgers last year. If I told you that Tyler Anderson and Andrew Heaney were going to be great on a per star basis, you would have laughed at me, but the Dodgers <laughs> just know how to work this devil magic. And I'm hoping that they could figure it out with Noah Syndergaard. So, I'm willing to take a shot this late in the draft. Um, and uh, Riley Green was the next pick. Someone else I know Chris and I both like as a sleeper this year as well. Yep. Carlos Carrasco goes. We've got one more pick and then Towers is back up. Uh, let's see how many more rounds we have. We have three more rounds here. Hour and a half. So if you're still watching this live on YouTube or on demand on YouTube, thank you. We appreciate it. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Uh, We're going to be doing a lot of these throughout the offseason after we finish up our position previews. We're going to jump back into likely one live mock draft per week. So the final week of February and then all of March. So uh, we're going to have a lot of time to do mocks and break them down. It's going to be a lot of fun. Cal Quantrill went, and Chris, you're back up. Uh, What are we thinking? Time for a third baseman, or I don't know. You might as well just wait till the last pick at this point, right? Why not? So there's two
3: third basemen left who at least for fantasy are very much the spider-man meme they hit the ball very hard they've got good plate discipline they just don't hit the ball in the air enough to do anything with it i'm going to pass on both of them i'm going to take kind of a boring pitcher but one who i think the the recent trade to baltimore could end up helping him and making him quite uh (coughs) relevant in this format and that's cole irvin i just i think camden yards is just a, I, I believe Scott, you used the term cheesy uh, venue for pitchers now, and I, I think that this is going to be a situation where Cole Irvin could just like fake his way to a mid-three ERA this year.
1: Hey, I'm pretty sure he did something like that last year. I don't have the exact ERA, but I think it was in the mid to high threes. Three really, nine eight, yeah, yeah, really good in Oakland Coliseum, pitching at home. He was terrible on the road, so. Going to another park where it should be good for a left-handed pitcher uh, to pitch. So I think it makes sense for uh, Cole Irvin. After he goes, Brian Bayo, if he gets a spot in the rotation, I like it. I think he's sneaky at this point. Marcus Stroman, boring but solid, give you quality starts. Sean Manaya, that devil, he burned me last year. But the Giants do good work with pitchers and, and they, they find a way to get the most out of their guys. So hopefully they can get Sean Manaya back on track. And uh, I've been talking a lot, so I'm going to turn it over to Scott. <laughs> Uh, who's on the clock and uh, tell us who you're going to take.
0: Well, I wanted to say Marcus Stroman, we think of him as a quality start machine, but that really wasn't the case last year. Mm -hmm. He struggled to go beyond five innings. Um, I don't have an exact count for you, but the game logs pretty ugly as far as that goes. So I've lost interest in him. Oh, boo. Pitching for the Cubs doesn't (laughs) help either, Uh, but I'm going to take a Cubs player. So I still have an open outfield spot. And I think at this point, it just, it makes sense for me to just totally sell out for upside and, and, hope something miraculous happens so i'm going to take cody that's going to happen yeah yep it's going to be me and look if he's terrible you know it probably only take a couple weeks to figure it out and i'll drop him for whatever outfielder is making noise on the waiver wire it's a three outfielder league so there's never going to be more than 50 outfielders rostered probably i think uh it's not what I want to do in the outfield, but I but I do think if if you find yourself in this spot where <sighs> you, you've kind of missed out, just Shoot for the upside.
1: Oh, well, she just crushed yeah. me, man. I wanted I to you. take Jordan Walker, too. That's no. that's a sneaky, sneaky yeah. pick there, too. I mean, that yes, would have been sir. a good pick
0: for me based on what i am saying. Like, I don't think of him as an outfielder because he's third base right. eligible right now. Yeah. But if, if he well, does come up, it's going to be to play the outfielder. When
2: I was going to jump in, that's exactly what I was going to say, is it's funny that you mentioned we're in a space right now where it's like, hey, take a guy, doesn't work out in spring training or a couple weeks, you move on. So what better spot than to start taking some high upside prospects Jumping all. I was looking at Jordan Walker for the last two rounds on my list, seeing if I could get him. He's going to get outfield. I think there's a decent opportunity that he gets there. And I talked about Andrew Painter earlier. Grayson Rodriguez went 120. I just got Andrew Painter at 217. If he doesn't work, okay, I move on. But if they really do give him a rotation spot, I'm going to get some starts early on. I cut him later and I get another pitcher in there, but I might get high end stuff. This is a great command pitcher, three plus pitches. Um, I mean, it's one of the highest graded fastballs, uh, according to Baseball America. Andrew Painter makes a lot of sense here. And Jordan Walker made the, Jordan Walker was my main deal. I needed Jordan Walker here. So thank you, everybody. Thank you to the Academy. Thank you for everything. (laughs) I pass it to you.
1: I didn't name drop him either because... I was going to bring up uh, Chris Towers. You don't have a third baseman. And I, I thought it would be a good strategy to, to take Jordan Walker first and then just pick whatever veteran to kind of fill in until Jordan Walker gets called up. And that's something I brought up on a recent podcast too. I think it's a good strategy. If you miss out on everything else at third base, take like Justin Turner and Jordan Walker and just kind of double dip. And you got one old yeah. guy and you have you know one big upside pick. So uh, that's something that I was going to suggest. But... Can't do it now, so good pick by the Welsh. I, I do like the Jordan Walker there quite a bit. After Scott took Cody Bellinger, Gavin Lux, Ranger Suarez, then Walker and Painter at the turn. Cody Morris, who Scott has assured us, will be this year's Spencer Strider, so thank you, Scott. <laughs> we all love you for that. Uh, uh official. Raising
0: it a little strong. Uh,
1: and then uh-huh. Justin Turner goes, the aforementioned. Scott, you're of back course. on the clock.
0: So this is this is what happens in these 21-man roster leagues is you just run out of roster space. And that's where I find myself. So I, I want another upside outfield option. Jesse Winker makes the most sense for the scoring format. I do have him as a sleeper, bounce back candidate going to Milwaukee anyway. So I'm going to take him. But it would have been nice to take Joey Manessas, considering he's also first base eligible. And I have CJ Crone there, who I can't trust on the road. Would have been nice if I could have found a way to roster both. But c'est la vie. La vie. Hi, I I look would, at us! I, I, what one. I, what James. I really want? Do we both say "Say Lovey"? La <laughs> we did. We said the exact same time. We both said "Say Lovey." Okay. Um, big fans
3: of the '90s pop group Bewitched, clearly. <laughs>
0: yeah. Clearly, that is exactly where yeah. I got it from. Uh, now I forgot what I was going to say. Jesse Winker is the say. man. Totally. That's why you took him. Yeah. Hopefully, he keeps. Oh, his head I on wanted tray. Tristan Casas. Oh, yeah. I wanted Tristan Casas or Miguel Vargas to back up CJ Crone. That was my plan. Yep. But it just didn't work out. Somebody went for them a little earlier than I was ready to. And I think that's going to start to happen more and more. This is kind of the point in draft prep season where it feels like, you know, cause a lot of people split their time between baseball and football And so I start ranking players in October when everybody's focused on football. So the early mock drafts, I feel like I have a research advantage and like I'm dominating all the mock drafts. And this is the point where everybody starts to catch up in their research. And it's like all the things I could get away with doing before I can't now.
1: Nobody (laughs) in the history of live mock draft podcast has gotten upset over not getting Ross Tripling, but. That was me. That, that just happened. I was <laughs> upset that he was I did not get Ross Stripling. Ross Stripling was good last year, man. He started throwing this change up more. I wrote him up as a sleeper. Again, good ballpark in San Francisco now. Oracle Park. I like it. I, I, I think it's, I like it with Ross Stripling. A um, couple other picks here. Welsh, so I'll get your thoughts on Brandon Fott in just a little bit. Uh, Stripling went. Dre Jameson, Josh Young, Braxton Garrett. All right, Chris, you made up for it. Because he didn't get Jordan Walker.
3: That was the the thought. It was the same kind of thought process. But yeah, Josh Young, and then I'll tap a boring third baseman who I still think has some upside at some point. But yeah, the the idea was to, once it became apparent that I was going to have to settle at third base, target one of the upside young guys, and then get a... Not an old guy, I don't think. I think the two guys that I'm looking at are not old. So, you know, there's still some room for... You know, one of the two guys who I'm going to take to break out, hopefully, and uh, we'll see who they are. All right.
0: Nice. Well, specifically, Josh Young. I think that's probably the way to go if you um, miss out on the, the really the last signs of life at third base for me are the, the Gunnar Henderson, Max Muncie tier, which is still mm-hmm. pretty early in the draft. And if you don't do that, like I'm probably just going to wait around for Josh Young and hope that prospect pedigree breaks through. In his second year, the majors, he struggled in
3: twenty six games in the majors, but that was having played, what, one hundred and ten games at the minor league level overall and coming back from a what was a shoulder surgery last year? Yes. Um, Yes. So like him struggling his first taste of the majors and still like hitting the ball hard and hitting the ball well, just striking out a ton. Like I think there were definite reasons to be optimistic about him, um, you know, in that cup of
0: coffee. It's either going to be him or as as long as Anthony Rendon tends to last, like taking a chance on a Rendon bounce back.
1: Um,
3: I mean, look, maybe he needs just to start hitting left-handed. He's got like a
0: 5,000 <laughs> OPS as a lefty. Sure does. That you was never awesome. That was one that, of the coolest was, moments last year. I, I think that was my single favorite moment last year. <laughs> like Anthony Rendon wasn't around for long, but he gave us that moment. a uh, batted left-handed that's the, the position kind of thing that should happen down. against position players
2: yeah yeah so you know he, what i'd love to see we have it for the all-star game we just have all the players hit the opposite way and pitchers throw the opposite way instead of having to watch <laughs> that game and then make you <laughs> it, it darvish you darvish would definitely dominate that one yeah that would be great having
3: throws like 85 lefty really amazing i've never a, seen you darvish throw lefty no yeah, i just assume that movie.
1: any pitcher who threw it their offhand would look like 50 cent throwing out the first pitch no,
3: he like, looks, <laughs> he he throws left-handed on his off days to keep getting work in.
1: And uh, he, he actually throws pretty hard. That is insane, but good to All know. Right. Uh, let's see what else happened here. Some other picks. Braxton Garrett, Joey Meneses, Whit Merrifield. At the turn, I took two pitchers. Aaron Savali. I know a lot of people are done with him. Changed up the pitch mix last year. He was good down the stretch. So I'm buying one more time on Aaron Savali. Zach Eflin. The Rays don't give out money. They gave him the biggest contract in team history, so just kind of blind faith, hoping the Rays do something fun with Zach Eflin. After I took him, Kenta Maeda, Sonny Gray, Josh Rojas, Chris took Alec Bohm, so he's got that combination, Alec Bohm and Josh Young. I like it. I think it worked out well, actually. Uh, Rowanzi Contreras, somebody I was considering. Another pitcher who uh, came up late last season and also changed the pitch mix. He threw his slider over 40% of the time over his final eight starts, so I'd uh, like to see that for Rowanzi Contreras. Paul Seawald, Trevor Story, which you can stash on your IL spot. And Scotty, you get one of your relief pitchers in Yoan Duran.
0: It's I got nothing left to take but relief pitchers now. And uh, so I'm going to I'm gonna figure it out. And this is what I always do in this format. And like I said, it's it's never like I've gone a whole year where I can't figure out how to fill my two relief pitcher spots. Like Duran could be somebody who holds it from start to finish. He's really good. He was getting the majority of the save chances at the end of last year when Jorge Lopez was stinking it up. And, uh, you know, hopefully he can just claim that role. And if he doesn't, I'll swap him out for somebody else. I mean, before before two weeks is done, there's going to be a new save source emerging on the waiver wire, and a lot of these teams are already going to have their relief pitcher spots locked up.
1: Alrighty, I did want to bring up uh, Brandon Fott and ask you about him. Well, she he went at pick two twenty one in round nineteen, uh, but let's just see very quickly who you took here at the turn. Your last two picks, you took Justin Steele and you say Kikuchi, who has spark eligibility. Let's see if he could do anything this season, anything positive at
2: all. Cool that it was like Justin Steele. I love, I love the strikeout potential. Yeah. Him being back in the rotation for more innings. He's been on my queue for a while. Kikuchi is a weird pick, but I did it because if he can return some form, I can put him at reliever and I can, he might be more valuable than relievers I have. And he's also an SP. So it's like a dual eligible player. I wanted to play around with at the end because there's not many of them. And I love Justin uh, Steele. Brandon fought. I also would have taken, even though I took Andrew Painter. I think it's a great pick. Uh, It's a good speculative pick, just like the Andrew Painter one for all the many reasons we've talked about, led the minor leagues and strikeouts this past year. He's going to be vying for one of those rotation spots. I still don't believe Kyle Davies is really going to get it. So they say one spot open. I think Dre and Brandon Fott could potentially both take uh, those rotation spots. So he was one of the few options that I had on the list. So I liked it.
1: All right. I actually just saw a, another spark that's kind of interesting. I'll reveal him at the end of the draft here. Not, not, not so that Chris can't take him. I'm not going to allow Chris Towers to take the spark. So I'm not going to name drop him. Other picks: Mike Soroka, Scott took Scott Barlow, Travis Darno, Jake Fraley, uh, and Chris Towers. You're back on the clock. What do we got? Last pick. I'm
3: um, now. I'm trying to figure out what uh, what interesting
2: SPARP you're referring <laughs> now. It's is it, is to. Now, I'll no. say a name. No, I see it. It's not DL Hall. It. Nope. Okay.
1: Someone who's currently it? projected for a starting rotation. You can say yeah. it after Chris okay. makes his draft. I'm gonna it, say it after.
3: Is it, is it the guy who hasn't actually been a starter in like eight years?
1: Maybe? I don't don't know. (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) Who are you (laughs) talking about? I can't say. So
3: Seth Lugo is presently, I believe, projected to be in the Padres rotation. So that's one, but...
1: What if I told you that they play on the same team, Chris? Nick Martinez? Yeah, Nick Martinez. You look at roster resource, he's their fourth projected starter. They don't have anyone else. Nick Martinez and Seth Lugo are the fourth and fifth projected starters for the Padres this year. You look at their non-roster invites, their minor league system... They've got like Julio Teran. Yuck. I don't think that's going to work out. So yeah, I, I think that there's a chance that Nick Martinez could be kind of interesting as a spark this season. So just throw the name out there. Um, Possibly. And Chris, you didn't take him. You took a role to Chapman. Who?
3: Yeah, I went with a role to Chapman. I figure if he signed with the Royals, he's probably going to be the Royals closer. I know that's not the unanimous position, but I have a hard time seeing a role to Chapman signing anywhere where he's not going to be given a chance to close. So we'll take the op- the the chance there
1: righty. after Aroldis Chapman, Ken Waldachuk, I like it. As an upside starting pitcher, Brett Beatty, also like it. Maybe he can uh, win a job here in spring training. I know Eduardo Escobar, terrible defender. Liam Hendricks, alright, second to last pick in the draft. You know, obviously we're rooting for Hendricks. Um, don't know when he's going to be back, but that would be awesome. And I am up, last pick of the draft, Mr. Irrelevant. He's actually going to be quite relevant at some point this season. Brock Purdy. It is Brock Purdy. No, it's not. It is Matt Mervis. So, falling way too late. Last pick of the draft. I'll hold on to him for a couple of weeks. See when he could be up. I still think there's a lot of upside and he is sliding in drafts. So, uh, gobble up the value on Matt Mervis while you can. All right, the draft is in the books. Got like, 10 minutes like oh, whatever we're almost two hours in at this point why not let's just recap our teams real quick and we'll start off with the welsh because he was picking first we'll go in order here and uh scott white says thanks everyone thank you scott appreciate it yeah um, yeah sorry uh and let's oh. let's run through the welsh's team uh, we'll start off with the offense here wilson Contreras, josh bell ozzy albies alex bregman willie adamas and then in the outfield we've got john carlos stanton aaron judge randy rosarena and ryan mountcastle at utility The pitchers, Justin Verlander, uh, Shane McClanahan, Clayton Kershaw, Chris Bassett, and Andrew Heaney, your closers, Ryan Presley and Clay Holmes. Uh, Welsh, what do you think about your your team? Uh, Anything you would do differently?
2: I mean, I'm pretty happy with the construction. Um... You could maybe look at some strikeout issues. If you go to Adamus, Stanton, you know Judge, throw out there Rosarina, Mount Castle, that might hold me back. But I got a lot of power. I got some on base guys. I don't feel like I have a lot of weaknesses as far as my um, my hitting goes. I got some great values, like we talked about, like uh, Scott said earlier. Pitching, again, I feel really strong about it. I'm very big on Shane McClanahan. I know some other people aren't, and being able to double tap those guys. I was a little weary about the relief pitching and the investment that I did, but I think it came out great. I got two high-end team closers that are going to get a lot of opportunities. Uh, I took a lot of risks on a bench, so if we were running a projection system, it might ding me for Walker and Painter, but this is the type of risk, you know, who cares about projections? This is the type of exactly. risk that you want on the bench, and if this works out, I could have a frontline type of prospect rotation uh, uh, starting pitcher out of Andrew Painter, and Jordan Walker is – great for this format he's not a uh, he's not a big power bat that's a big strikeout guy so i'm pretty happy i could probably go back and find a few things that i would have rather done and not to be all ooh love my team but i really like this no, construction i would like it. to go down with it you should
0: like if like you should like your team that's that's how i feel Hopefully. about it um i am a little surprised how bipolar your pitching staff is because verlander and mcclanahan at the top great like obviously yeah. there's nothing to complain about there uh, but then it like the next three, Kershaw, Bassett, Heaney filling out your starting five. So I got that, a
2: little too confident in the top end and let it slip a little bit. And I agree with you. And that that's where like I could have maybe not taken Presley and taken another starting pitcher. I kind of think I would rather do. That's the best one. Take out Presley. Give me a closer later and put in another SP.
3: Mm-hmm. And I think the like, I don't know if you want to call a hero SP or pocket aces, whatever. I think that probably works a little better in roto, where you have those two anchors to anchor your ratios, to anchor your your uh, ERA and WHIP, and give you a bunch of strikeouts, and then it's easier to take some chances. I feel like, whereas in this, I mean, one just the the smaller rotation means that every piece is so much more important, but also just like because it's a a volume thing, you know, it's harder for those, you know, hundred and thirty inning. Great ratio, great strikeout guys to be like as impactful.
0: Like but I'd I, rather uh, I'd rather have nine number three guys in a points league, I think, than two number ones and seven number fives.
2: And know? I guess you could argue Heaney and and because I was going to say, I mean, Bassett's not that, McClanahan's not that, yeah. Erlander's not that, but you could argue Kershaw and Heaney are those theoretical like one thirty to one fifty inning pitch guys that I might stack some wins. But yeah, it's, it's a good point.
1: Alrighty, let's slide over to Scott's team. He was drafting fourth overall in this draft, and he finally pulled it off. He got an outfielder with his first pick. He got a third baseman in the second round, and then a second baseman in the third round. That wasn't confusing at all. Uh, At catcher, we've got Alejandro Kirk. Then we've got CJ Krohn, Jose Altuve, Austin Riley, Xander Bogarts, and in the outfield, Chris Bryant, Cody Bellinger, Juan Soto, uh, O'Neal Cruz at Utility, the pitchers, Kevin Gosman, Max Freed, Lance McCullers, Tristan McKenzie, Hunter Green, and the relievers, Scott Barlow, and Yohan Duran. Scott, I've got to say, it's just very different to see your team like this compared to years past, all the other mock drafts we've ever done, because now you just got a bunch of like these upsidey, volatile starting pitchers, and I'm not used to it.
0: Uh yeah, I mean Freed and Gosman, I feel like are still a safe one, too. Yeah. Um and and my bench, pitchers on my bench are Merrill Kelly, Martin Perez, Jack Flaherty, Reed Detmers. So like that, that's nine pitchers who I feel like either at last year or at some point in the not too distant past, we considered or at least performed like high-end arms. Uh so I like I like Like I feel good about the pitching staff. I wasn't sure how good I'd feel as, as it was unfolding, but you know, after seeing the Welsh's pitching staff and I'm not picking on the Welsh, I just like, I, I feel like I, I feel fine with this pitching staff. If anything, I look at my hitters and I think those should be stronger because I filled the weak positions early and, um, and I didn't invest heavily in starting pitching, not as heavily as some other people did. But I see a weakness there at first base with CJ Crone. I certainly see a weakness in the outfield with Chris Bryan and Bellinger, two and three. I mean, that's a weak position that maybe I should have hit a little harder early. Maybe I should have taken an outfielder instead of Alejandro Kirk. Like I said, during the draft, that felt like my biggest mistake when the Contreras brothers and Sean Murphy hung around for so long after that. Uh, if I'd taken, I don't remember, if it was like Brian Reynolds still there when Alejandro Kirk went? Somebody like that, uh, I'd feel a lot better. About my team, and um, so I just wish I just wish that lineup was a little better. Now, first base in a twelve-team league with no corner infield spot to fill—that's a posi- like if if CJ Crone doesn't work out, I feel like something's gonna happen. Somebody's gonna emerge, and as long as I'm playing the waiver wire hard, I'll I'll end up okay at first base. Like that's the position where I feel like it's particularly in a shallow league like this, it's it's okay to kind of punt on. Uh, but outfield, outfield might be a struggle and, uh, I wish I had gone heavier there.
1: So the round you took Alejandro Kirk, Starling Marte was there. The next round thought you, about him, yeah. you took Chris Bryant around there. Say a Suzuki
0: went. Okay. So that was after yeah. Brian. Where, when, so Brian Reynolds, who did I take? instead? Brian Reynolds won a couple of rounds before that. I'm pretty sure. Was yeah. it, who did I take instead? It may have been Xander Bogarts. So that was the other one. Where I was anticipating a shortstop run, remembered it didn't happen, yeah. and I would yeah, have on with, like Bogart's Willie Adamas too. as my shortstop. It didn't have to be Xander Bogarts, so I I probably should have taken maybe an outfield in both of those spots, uh, and and then had like Brian Reynolds and Starling Marte to go with with uh, Juan Soto, and still would have had a Contreras brother at catcher, still would have had like a Willie Adamas at shortstop, and that I would have felt great about that.
3: Yeah, you could have done Reynolds, and then there actually wasn't another shortstop taken for like two and a half rounds, it was Carlos Correa. Um, and
0: Scott- not that different from Xander Bogart. Yeah. I guess there's a durability yeah. thing there, but-
1: Scott, you took O'Neill Cruz as your utility bat, so you could have just taken he, Brian Reynolds and then yeah. O'Neal Cruz as, as your starting shortstop.
0: I mean, Cruz might not work out. He was only 2.64 points per game in this format last year because of all the strikeouts and because it took him a while to really get going. But yeah, if, if if he does live up to his upside, then of course he could have been my starting shortstop, sure.
1: And if you did that, you would have had two starting pirates in your lineup. So I don't, I don't think you want that. That's probably not the, the best, the best Perfect. way to go. Let's take a look at Towers' team. By the way, I think I heard that that automatic cat feeder, right? So it's a new automatic cat feeder, and this one dispenses
3: vertically. So it's a whole different. It sounded like uh, sonic rings. We can record a message uh so you know we have that to look forward to
1: yes
2: if, you, so if we want to come up with a jingle for my cat feeder so when it <laughs> drops it'll just be like hello my baby hello yeah my you baby. can <laughs> record whatever
3: you want you can just have your you can just you know Come up with like a, hey, cats, it's time to eat.
1: <laughs> we should just have a Scott saying, ah, soldier boy. And then that, that, could be, that could be for your uh, for your cat. Any hoodles, let's take a look at uh, Towers' team here. Salvador Perez at catcher. Then we've got Christian Walker, Tommy Edmond, Josh Young, Trey Turner in the outfield. Cedric Mullins, Luis Robert, Andrew Vaughn, Reese Hoskins at utility, Chris Sale, Tyler Anderson, Carlos Rodon, Dylan Cease, Corbin Burns, stacked pitching staff, Daniel Bard at reliever, uh, also along with Aroldis Chapman and you have Alec Bohm on the bench so you can kind of rotate Bohm and Josh Young as your starting third baseman. Uh, all right, what do you think about your team Chris and I don't what would what would you do differently if anything?
3: Uh the offense feels particularly weak pretty much across the board. Um I think that's part of the the issue. I did go with three starting pitchers in my first four picks. It's not a terrible situation to be in. And, you know, given the way the the shallowness of this league is, you might be able to make it work. But just yeah, it, it looks went better than lineup, I thought it would. It looks yeah, better than I thought I, it would with having started pitching. Thing.
0: It's not like it's 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 definitely lacking that like stud bat, you yes. know, and then third base is a gaping hole that you may never fill, because I yeah. had that happen in a couple of these head-to-head leagues last year. Uh, but it could have been worse. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Keep
0: going. I didn't mean to interrupt.
3: Yeah, no, there and, and, you know, the bats, uh, you know, I think specifically in the outfield with Robert and and Vaughn, I think there's upside worth chasing there. So, you know, uh, if one or two of those guys hits, you know, I think it starts to look a lot better.
1: And technically, I haven't heard this before, but you kind of went with like a hero hitter strategy, Chris, where you took Trey Turner at the first, and then the three starting pitchers after that, Maybe this is the format to do it. Head to head points. I don't know. I just I feel
3: like if it had been. If I had been picking fifth and I had been able to take Ronald Acuna or Mookie Betts as my hero hitter, I probably feel a little better about it. Trey Turner's still very good in this format, but, you know, it's it's not ideal to end up with Trey Turner. You know, like, is the team better if I take Freddie Freeman there? It might be.
1: And there's also the shortstop thing, which is something we spoke about, where if you take a shortstop early, just kind of feel like you're chasing third base, for example, like you were in this draft, or uh, outfield, whatever it might be.
3: If it's Freddie Freeman and Carlos Correa instead of Christian Walker and Trey Turner, it's probably a little better, yeah.
1: All right, well, let's take a look at my team here in the infield. I've got MJ Melendez, Nate Lowe, Jorge Polanco, Rafael Devers, and Francisco Lindor. In the outfield, Kyle Tucker, Adolis Garcia, Corbin Carroll, and Taylor Ward as my utility bat. The starting pitchers, Lance Lynn, Joe Musgrove, Julio Arias, Luis Severino, and Christian Javier. The relievers, Kenley Jansen and David Bednar. And I'm not going to read off my bench because I didn't read off anyone else's bench, so that would yeah. be fair. Um you know, it actually kind of came together pretty well. I, I went through these extremes where I started off with three hitters, and then I took one pitcher, Julio Reyes, and then I just kind of hammered starting pitcher after that, and then I went back to hitter. I feel like the offense probably could be better, but I have standouts. I have Tucker, I have Devers, I have Lindor. Mm-hmm. I feel good about that. I think
2: this I team think is all right. I think it's the strongest of our teams on paper. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's, you know what? It's one thing though, it's, it definitely has a feel of like, man. This is the best Roto team here. But at the same time, it still really works. So you have some volatility. You know, Adolis and Corbin Carroll, I think, are a kind of glaring hole looking at you, as well as maybe even Polanco. But you just – you set yourself up in every spot. Taylor Ward can fill in if Corbin Carroll doesn't work out. You have a really solid – you might have the least sexy rotation, but I think you have the – most lockdown rotation of all of us. Uh, some guys I wanted, I wanted Musgrove, I wanted uh, Christian Javier. So I, li- I, I like the balance of this team. So I waited
1: to take my first pitcher until round four, Julio Rios, and I wound up with five of my top 35 starting pitchers. So just attacking it with volume. And that's kind of what you were saying earlier, Scott, where, you know, maybe I don't have that standout guy. I don't have that one or two, that ace, but I have a lot of just solid pitchers, which I feel yeah, pretty good I, about. I find,
0: and this is you know kind of going back to advice I'd give like eight ten years ago. But I, I, f- I find that sometimes the 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 like real high end aces can be a hindrance in this format because you always have to keep them in your lineup, and sometimes you're like, and I got all these two star pitchers, but I, I can't kick out Justin Verlander or whatever. Like it, as much as I like playing matchups in this format in particular, it 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 kind of it kind of helps when it's more like a bunch of number three guys than, than the hero SP thing.
1: All right. Well, that'll do it. Our first live mock draft. Lots of fun. Two hours in. Thank you for everyone who is still watching live or uh, watching on demand. We do appreciate it. Let us know in the comments who won the draft. We went through everyone's team. Uh, let us know what you think or hit us up on Twitter. Tweet at us and uh, let us know who you think won this draft. We're going to wrap there for Chris and Chris and Scott. I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Baseball today. We'll be back again next week. As somebody who's been through this, I can tell you these features are so, so incredibly valuable. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools, and their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. The area you live in is just as important as the house itself. You can get to know a neighborhood without ever setting foot in it. Say you're a really active person. You could find out about the nearest parks. Do they have a baseball field? Maybe... You want to join a softball league like Chris and I play in. Also, Homes.com collaboration tools makes it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping
0: information all at your fingertips. Homes.com, we've done your homework.